Welcome to another week of Fabrengin on the Sicha, Fabrengin on Ear. Today we're going to be talking about Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha Oimer, what we read after we learn Perkyavis. And we're also going to talk about what we say before we learn a Perek in Perkyavis. Today we have the honor to host Rabbi Eliezer Wolf of Beth David Highland Lakes Shul in Aventura, Florida to Fabreng with us on the Sicha and to explore the Sicha. So welcome, Rabbi Yezer. How are you? Thank you, Rabbi Yassi. I am Baruch Hashem doing well. Thank you for this honor, for this opportunity, and uh, looking very much forward to this Fabrengen. Yeah, there's, a, there's so many elements to this Sicha. Teira, Mitzvahs, Yichud, Bittel, Hishalkos. So... Um, I'm very excited to get into this, but let's give a brief overview on some of the questions that the Rebbe asks on Rabbi Hanani ben Akasha Imer Ratz Hakadosh Baruch Hu Lezakis Es Yisrael. Hashem wanted to bring merit to the Jewish people, to the Jewish people. Lefichach Hirbalahem Teira Mitzvahs. Therefore, He gave an abundance, many mitzvahs and Teira to the Yidden, and He ends with a pasuk: Hashem Chafetz Mantzitke Yagol Teira Viyader. And the Rebbe asks many questions on this. And uh, if you could bring us in to some of the questions that the Rebbe asks. Okay, so, you know, this is the Mishnah, Rabbi Hananya, and which is a Mishnah at the end of Masech de Makkas. However, the Rebbe says it's much more than a Mishnah at the end of Makkas somewhere. It's a Mishnah that became so much more uh, prevalent. We say it all the time. We're going to say it after Pirkei every chapter, very often in Shul. You know, especially in Siddish shuls or Chabad shuls, where they want to get an extra Kaddish, so you can't you have to say a Mishnah first or a Pasuk in order to say Kaddish. And it's interesting that, you know, in many shuls, when, you, when you're saying this Mishnah, it's like, right? You just rattle it off. I think after tonight, we're going to appreciate that this Mishnah is awesome. Like this Sikha, the, the Rebbe puts his whole worldview, the Chsidis and Chabad, into this one Sikha. So, so maybe we'll get a, a much better, hopefully a much better appreciation for, for this Mishnah. Um, maybe I can start off with a little story, you know, it's a Fabrengen, sure. right? So I once heard a story of the great Chassid, of Ichid the Masmid. And um, it, later, in the later years, he became, once he was led out of Russia, eventually, with the Brachas and the help of the Friedrich Rebbe. So he was a Shadar, he was a representative of the Friedrich Rebbe, he used to go around Europe and, and to teach Chassidus and to raise funds. And he also made a trip to America. It was a very historic trip. And a lot of stories about his trip to the new world, the golden of Medina, America. And Shabbos afternoon, he went to a shul. And it wasn't a Lubavitcher shul. It wasn't a Chassidish shul. So the custom in, in the shul was that the Chalashudis, the Rav or somebody stood up and said a Dvar Torah. And then uh, or something on the Parsha. And then maybe taught a Mishnah. And then at the end, you say Rabbi Hanania. Because you can get a Kaddish after, right? That's what they made right. in many shuls. So he was the guest in shul, and he looked like a prominent person. He had a very angelic face. Angelic. He, he wasn't a bainan, as they say. So they asked him to say something. So what's, he's a what's he going to say? So he chazered a mimer of the Friedrich Rebbe. And when, and when he chazered a mimer, he wasn't just, he put his whole heart and soul with like a flame of fire. He delivered, he delivered words of the mimer, right? And he was hoping to make some kind of transformation amongst the Olam over there. As soon as he finished the mimer, the Gabbai stood up and said, 
Rabbi Hanani and Menakash and Merat Hakadosh Baruch and they said Kaddish. So he said after he said with ain Kaddish and with ain Mishnah, I'm a gehaget the ganze Maimer. Killed the whole Maimer. Okay, it's a Fabrengan story. Yeah? We'll have another time to 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 explain it. But here the question really is a question that everybody has at some point in time on some level, and the question is why does Hashem what give us such a large Torah with so many mitzvahs, so many duties, so many responsibilities. Why so many things? So you're going to answer, because Hashem loves you. So, 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 that, so you're, going to, you're going to ask back, if he loves me let, me, let me make my life simpler, right? Less things to do, less responsibilities, less duties as a Jew, and uh, life will be simpler. So that is what the mission of Rabbi Hanan is coming to say. Because Hashem loves you, Hashem wants to bring merit to the Jewish people. Therefore, he gave them lots of Torah mitzvahs. Okay, that's like an expression of Hashem's love. And the Pasuk is Hashem chafetz laman sitkai. Hashem desired for the sake of his righteousness. There should be this unbelievable expansion and splendor and growth to and greatness to Torah. What's, what's the answer? Why is giving more mitzvahs an expression of Hashem's love for our benefit? So there's many different mafarshim. The Rebbe quotes a few commentaries in the Sikha from Ravadi Matunura, famous commentary in the Mishnah, or from the Rambam, his parish Mishnayis. And they're different commentaries, and the Rebbe analyzes them in different ways. But the general gist seems to be similar. And that is, the Rebbe Hanani is talking about a concept of schar, reward. Shem wants to give a lot of reward to his children, to the Jewish people. How do you give reward? Well, if I give you a mitzvah, I give you a command, and you obey the command, you get a reward. So if I give you more mitzvahs, you get more chances to fulfill the word of Hashem, you get more reward. Okay? And therefore, I'm going to give you lots of Torah mitzvahs. That's the general view. So the Rebbe asks, it seems difficult to suggest that we're reducing all of the gamut of Torah mitzvahs to schar, to reward. Like, what's the point of this, though? It's like saying, you know, there's a value in my home, there's a value of my child's room being clean, okay? So I come to my child's room and I say, here, every time I, I tell you to do something and you do it, you're going to get a candy. So move the chair from here to here, uh, candy. Now move the chair back from there to there, another candy. And I keep giving him commands a whole day and giving him more candy. Well, but what's the point? Like, the real point is, let's train him how to have a clean room. So, like, what is the real inherent value of this increase in the amount of Torah mitzvahs? Why? Because Hashem wants to give us more reward. Is that what it's really all about? In other, right? in other words, if you say it's about reward, then it's not about the thing itself. It, right. There's no real value in the, in the ribu, in the, in, the, in the many of Torah mitzvahs. Yeah. So the Rebbe takes this whole mission into a different light. And the Rebbe says, we're going to redefine what these words mean. They mean something else completely. When it says, that Hashem wanted to be mezake, wanted to bring merit, as you said, or benefit, zakas can mean something else also. The zakas means from the word zach, like in the Torah, Shem and Zayis, zach, olive oil, which is zach, which is pure. Zakas is purity, is refinement. Shem wanted to bring refinement to the Jewish people. He wanted to make sure that their lives can be lived in a way that is edel, that is pure, that is refined, that they're living up to the fullest capacity of what they're able to be in terms of living up to their neshama and to their calling. Because Hashem wanted to bring this refinement to the Jewish people, 
Lefichach, therefore, here Balem Torah Mitzvahs. What did he do? Not just about uh, being marbe, making lots of Torah Mitzvahs. That's what's the goal in that. But the Rebbe redefines what a Hirba is. Hirba means the, that Hashem brought in lots of um, like divisive, lots of division, lots of manyness, lots of complexity and nuance and details and layers to Torah and mitzvahs. He made so many different things because somehow all of those many, many layers and components of Torah mitzvahs is going to bring more refinements to the Jewish people. Yeah, and, and before the Rebbe shares that Nakoda of Zichuch, the Rebbe asks a major question because if everything is Hashem, so Hashem is, is, is the oneness, is the true oneness. So then the commandments that come from oneness should be similar to that oneness. In other words, oh. why are there so many details? Details, his chalkus, is, is, is showing division. And division is not union. Is, division is not unity. Division is not oneness. So what's the point of all this division? Right. So that's the, that's, the, that's the big question that Rebbe asks. Torah, he says, Torah mitzvahs have so much hischalkus, so much division to it. He says, we look at mitzvahs and you have uh, mitzvahs asay, mitzvahs lois asay, part of positive commands, prohibitive commands. You have different kinds of mitzvahs, edus, chokim, mishpatim, so many different genres of mitzvahs. You go to Torah and Torah has four layers upon which everything in Torah can be interpreted. Pshat, Rebbe, Drush, sorry, the simple meaning, the hint, the allegory, the homiletic explanation, the mystical explanation. And then you have, you know, the Gemara said that there were sages who could provide 49 rationales why to purify something and 49 rationales why to make it impure. And you have Shivim Panim Latera, 70 different faces, 70 different interpretations to everything of Torah. So many layers and levels. He even brings from the Arizal, the, the Sharaki Gulim, that there are 600,000 Purushim to every single element of Torah. So such expansiveness and so much detail. And the question is, where does this come from? Isn't Torah from Hashem? Hashem is Achdus Pshuta. Hashem is pure oneness. Not just the, the one God, but the one God is oneness. It's just purity. It's the, the essence of all truth, of all reality. It's the only thing that exists. So in the state of Hashem, everything is just one. Everything is simple. Right? That's all that exists. And the Chachma, the wisdom of Hashem, which is the Torah, comes straight from there. So Torah should have been a more of like a cohesive unit, more of a singular unit. And the whole role of Torah mitzvahs really is to come down to this world and the way the Rebbe says it, which is very common in Chassidus, is this world is like a Rishus Harabim, like a public domain, meaning there's so much fragmentation and diversity and, 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 and obscurity, meaning if you look at the world, you don't see Hashem anywhere. You see Hashem is hiding here because there's so many things that seem to distract us and that seem to take away from Torah values and Yiddishkeit and what we truly believe in. So we have to take the Rishus Harabim and transform it into Rishus Hayachin, into a private domain, meaning bringing the oneness, bringing the unity, bringing the presence, the awareness of Hashem into every single aspect of life. So the whole point of Torah Mitzvah is to create Achtus. If it's, it, so the Torah Mitzvah should, should look a little different. It should be more singular, a little more basic, not so widespread. That's the question, right? Right, right. right. And the Rebbe goes to explain the difference of Zichuch and Bittu. Um, one of the examples of Bittel is that basically everything lets go for the Ebishter. Nothing has its own mitzius. Nothing has its own entity for itself. There is no entity other than the Ebishter. Like the example which is given is like a candle being consumed by a flame, by a fire. The, the candle, 
the whole identity of the candle is that it wants to be consumed by something greater than it. It doesn't want to remain a separate entity. And in fire, where does the, where does the inspiration come for, for, the, for the candle to want to uh, elevate itself and become consumed by a greater fire? That comes from the greater fire. The greater fire is initiating in the candle that the candle has no mitzvahs for itself. So really, in a certain way, the world, the, the construction of the world should express that should express the oneness of the Abishter where nothing has its own Mitzis and whatever the world has is only in being initiated from the Abishter and therefore there should be Bittel present in the world. What's this Zichuch? What's this Hizchalkos? And the Rebbe gets into that. And if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah, I think this is a really special part of the Sicha. So the Rebbe compares the two paradigms of Bittel and Zichuch or he quotes in the Ha'ara, oftentimes in Chassidus, it talk about Bittel and Yichud. Bittel means nullification. Bittel means self-effacement. The value of Bittel is that I take myself out of the picture. I'm being mevata myself to Hashem. I'm basically submitting myself. I don't, have an, I, have an, I don't have an existence anymore. I'm ignoring my existence. I'm putting it aside and just accepting upon myself Hashem and Hashem's will. Right? That's Bittel. Yichud is very different. Or, or Zichuch. Yichud means oneness. When I submit myself to Hashem, that's a very high level. However, it's not real oneness with Hashem. Why? Because it's not like I have become one with Hashem because I am not here. I don't exist. I've taken myself out of the picture. So it's not like my and my will, my thoughts, my opinions, my passion, it, my interests are, this, are in line with Hashem's. I don't have a Ratzin. I don't have an interest. I've put it aside. Because I've accepted Hashem's Ratzin. But zichuch means, zichuch means purification or refinement. Torah mitzvahs can refine me and it can take my mind and my, my logic and my understanding and my opinions and my heart and my feelings and my attractions and my... And it can transform them to be in line with Hashem. And now I haven't submitted myself or, or, or cast myself aside, but to the contrary, I have taken every part of myself and transformed it to be one with Hashem. And this is a really, really important idea, you know, just to maybe uh, explain it. So I, I want to say something. Maybe it's uh, there's, there's like a, there's been a, a movement. It's the wrong word, a movement, but there's been a, a thing going on in the world the last few years. In a lot of communities, you see it a lot. They call it the Emuna movement, right? And all of the teachings of Emuna and the Emuna tours and the swag and the songs and, and the books, you know, a lot of focus on Emuna. And it's truly an unbelievable thing because it's brought Emuna back into the vocabulary of many, many Jewish people. And whereas once upon a time, a person would have had gone through a difficult time, a painful time and, and had a lot of questions on Hashem and, and their mind would have led them to, to the wrong places uh, you know, or their heart, and they would have maybe given up on Torah mitzvahs, for example. So um, the Emunah movement has told a person, Emunah, just believe, believe in Hashem, accept it, right? You may not like it, you may not understand it, but accept it, it's the will of Hashem, right? And that can really keep you on track, right? Even the Thank You Hashem songs, right? Which I love and my kids love, and it's beautiful, I think it's amazing. But everything is Thank You Hashem. You had a good day, Thank You Hashem. You had a bad day, Thank You Hashem. Just Thank You Hashem always. As beautiful as it is, I think it falls, it's not sufficient. Based on this sicha and based on general, the, the Rebbe's teaching in Chabad, there's more. That's bitter. 
That's bit I'll take myself out of the picture. Zichok is hold on a minute. Why are you so afraid of getting into your mind and your heart and tapping into your reaction to something going on in life, something Hashem did to you? You're afraid because if you go there, it's risky because I don't like what happened. I don't agree with what happened and it's going to make me have a lot of questions, a lot of doubts. Okay, so it is risky, right? But we always take the riskier path. Zichok, Hashem said, Hashem created your mind. Hashem created your heart. Right? If he just wanted you as, as, a, as a subjugation, they wouldn't have to give you so many layers and components to your personality. You're not using them anyhow. No, he gave them to you as a gift. He says, I want you to express this emuna and this faith and this recognition of Hashem. Discover it through your mind. Discover it through your heart. Discover it in your feelings. Discover it in every single part of yourself. So that it's not just, so that all of you will now become one with Hashem. And that's, that's the Abayda of, of Chabad. Yeah. As much as we can, we try. In other words, it's not about escaping your reality, but it's about harnessing your unique identity and channeling that to express the oneness of the Ebesh there. So Exactly. Right. Let's big- say, uh, give you a marshal. Um, talk about Shalom Bais. Yeah. So husband and wife. What kind of spouse do you want to be? So imagine you're the kind of spouse. You want to be fully devoted to your spouse, to your wife. I'm- so, so, you know, everything is yes, honey, right? Should we paint the house blue? Yes, of course. And uh, is this chair a nice chair? Yes. And should we go here today for Sunday with the kids? Yes. Everything's yes, 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 yes. Right? Are you, are you a good husband? On the one hand, you're an amazing husband. <laughs> everything's yes. On the other hand, hold on a minute. One, at one point, she's going to wake up and say, hold on a minute. I, I'm so happy that everything is yes. You never, I'm never challenging me. But where are you? in this marriage, in this relationship. Don't you also have an opinion? Don't you also have a desire where we should be and, and a value and, and a thought? And now, well, but, but if I tell you my opinion, it may be different than yours. Now we're going to create some, okay, so now we're working on it. And could we, with different opinions, still come to a resolution? That's zichuch. Now I am married to you. Now there's two of us in this relationship, right? Whereas before it was just you because I gave myself over to you. So bitul is give us the over to Hashem. And Zichuch is, I want to be married to Hashem. I want to be connected with all of me. Yeah, it's like, it's like art is a friction of colors. If you take one color, that's not art. There's nothing beautiful about having one color. But if you take many colors and the more... And you blend you, it together. Exactly. The more you could harmonize and blend all different colors, there you have a beautiful painting because each color is now being harmonized and, and being connected with Another color. There's actually a, a, a very powerful story as we're getting into the concept soon enough. Dirle Isparich and Achdus Hashem. So there's a story of the Rebbe mentioned in a Fabrengen, a story of the Mittel Rebbe and the Alter Rebbe after Rosh Hashanah. And the Alter Rebbe asked the Mittel Rebbe, with what did you pray? With what did you daven with on Rosh Hashanah? So, so the, so the Mittel Rebbe said that I prayed that every human being will bow to Hashem. Every human being will recognize that there is, there is something greater than it. And when they realize it, that awareness and that recognition, they bow to the Eibishter, showing they're subservient to the Eibishter. The mid, then the Mittler Rebbe asked the Alter Rebbe, and what did you daven with? And the Alter Rebbe said, I davened with the Stender. I davened with the lectern. And the Rebbe in the Fabrengen explains What's the difference between the meditation, the spinos that the Mittler have davened with versus 
the way the Alter Rebbe davens. And the Rebbe explained that the Mittel Rebbe, his expression, while he davened Arish Hashanah, did not capture the entire Achdus Hashem of all of reality in the world. Why? It spoke about a person, how they comprehend Achdus Hashem, monotheisms, monotheism, the ideas of monotheism, but based on their intellectual capacity. So there is, there is a gvul, there is a certain restriction, there's a certain place to that oneness of Hashem. Whereas when the Alter Rebbe said, he davened with the shtender. Now what's a shtender? What's a lectern? The lectern helps a Jew have his books, have his, have his prayer books on the shtender. And its whole purpose is to help the, the person davening. But what did the Alter Rebbe mean when he said he davened with the shtender? That the hispoidinus was that the Abishter, Einoid Milvadai, Achtus Hashem is everywhere, not just in a human being with their own way of comprehending God, but in every single facet, even to the extent of an inanimate object, expresses how Achtus Hashem, how God resides everywhere in the entire world. Yeah, yeah, beautiful story. And I, I think it's going to be a really good segue into the next part of the Sikha. Right. If I can, I just want to add. One more thing that it's like a hayra or something that I was thinking about that in Chinuch. So everyone says, I mean, I don't know how well your children are, but my children are growing up, Baruch Hashem. But they say that it used to be, you know, when you have a two-year-old child, so a parent tells a child, do this. And the child says, why? Because I said so. <laughs> I'm your father, so you do it. Okay, so two years old, they got to follow. That's bitl, right? What happens at 10-year-old, 12-year-old, or 14-year-old? So apparently, maybe, yeah. You and I know when we were 14 year olds and our father told us to do something and we said, why? And our father said, because what did you, what did you say? Okay. We were bitter to 14, 15, 16, 18. And then maybe you're still like that. Right. And all of a sudden today we're turning to our 10 year olds, 11 year olds. Why? We need an explanation just because you said so. Tell me what's the benefit. Is it important? How, how's, how, how are you going to benefit? How's the family going to benefit? How's Hashem going to benefit? Right? They need explanations all of a sudden. So, you know, for many people, this is a crisis. What's happening to our children, right? They're not obedient anymore. And that may be so. Maybe we'll let the experts deal with that. But maybe there's something so amazing about this. Because the Rebbe is promoting the idea of Zichol right? And we're entering into a realm of Zichol HaMashiach is coming, as we're going to discuss later. And the world is transforming, not submitting, but transforming. And our children are catching on to this already at a young age. They could be, they could be mevatel themselves. Yeah, fine. Hashem says, you say, fine, I'll do it, okay? That used to be the Avaidah. Maybe the Avaidah today is our children at a younger age are able to say why and are able to appreciate and sit down with them, which is a challenge for the parent. Do you even know why, right? And to explain it. And our children are responding very well when it's explained, right? Ah, I get it, I get it, I get what Hashem wants, I understand Torah, I understand what, what, what you and mommy are trying to do over here, and they're reacting well to it. So maybe that's a silver lining that we're really getting into a, into a realm of zichuch, that even the, even the young the minds and hearts of our children is, is catching up to speed with all this. That's a, a, a side point. So therefore, just to wrap up this Nekud, this idea, the Rebbe says, that's why Hashem created so many Torah mitzvahs that cover every area of life. Because what Hashem didn't want angels in heaven to have this kind of sublime life. Hashem wanted Olam Hazer. He wanted humans. He wanted, you know, that, that there should be 
laws of Torah mitzvahs that govern every single aspect of life. Because when you, with your hands and with your feet and with other parts of your body and with material possessions in your life are able to fulfill a mitzvah, you're bringing zichuch, you're bringing refinement, you're bringing the presence of Hashem into the world, literally. You mean, really, that there's a law in Shulchan that says how I should put my shoe on and which, which one to shut tie on first and how I should bathe in the shower? And Yeah, exactly, there is, because there also you're going to be discovering and realizing that you're doing an act of Hashem. And you can bring Torah mitzvahs to everywhere in your life and in the world. So that's the zichuch. Here balem Torah mitzvahs. And he made Torah mitzvahs cover every aspect of life in order to bring greater purification to us and to the entire world. Right, and, and it's, the Rebbe bases this on the fact that we live in a world. We have bod, bod, different body parts. We have a brain. We have emotion. We already hear the Ebishter made this symptom and, and the creation of the world, not to escape the world into a different reality for some sort of schar, but that the world in of itself has a certain zichuch in the construction of how it is. And if not, then there, there would be no purpose in the current construction. But in, in Ches, which will, will lead into there, Rebbe asks a, a very powerful question. And that is that at the end of the day, we have Atmos, we have God in its original form, infinite, bleakful. And then the Ibishter creates the world and gives us the Taira. So, okay, this is all good. Here, Belahem, Taira Mitzvah. We have a beautiful explanation. But is this an advantage? Is our world an advantage to the Ibishter's world? Is there any... Is there any reason why we have to have this Yerida? Is this a descent from God? What's the plus side here? And with that, if you could lead us in, first of all, maybe give a few more ices to the question and then to the beer. So, yeah, as you said, you know, just a So it's nice what Hashem did for us. Thank you, Hashem. <laughs> but, you know, imagine how it is in heaven, the Torah, the way it is in its source, right? The Torah, the way it's connected with the oneness of Hashem in heaven, right? By Atzmusa Yisbarach, the essence of Hashem, where all that exists is just Hashem, right? This pure oneness, this pure achtos, this pure unity over there. There, everything has got to be in a much higher level, much more beautiful level, much more unified level. Here, I understand, we understand what Hashem wants to do, wants to achieve, okay? But we don't have that kind of pristine level of unity anymore. We have a world that we're very torn apart and we're always distracted by different things and we're different people every day and we're just trying to keep up with ourselves and make sure that Torah somehow is, is getting into our life and but it's it's a different it's a, it's, a, it's a much less pretty story than it is in heaven so that's that's the, the, the Rebbe's question is that indeed the case so Hashem sacrificed himself so to speak and took on this whole yurida this whole descent for our sake so in response to that and that gets into the real juicy part of the sikh, as you were saying earlier today. The Rebbe says, absolutely not. This whole agenda, this whole project of Hashem, to go through this whole descent, to go through the many tzimtzumim, to go through the many contractions, to go through the process of actually ultimately hiding his essence, and hiding the infinite light of Hashem, in order to create a physical world of time and space and different people and different things and disparity and division. He created all this was actually for the benefit 
was a greater expression, a deeper expression of the oneness that Hashem had up in heaven. And how does the Rebbe know this? It sounds like a nice thing. The Rebbe says the proof is in the Pasuk of Rabbi Hananiah. Hashem Hashem wanted to have this level of righteousness. He had it in heaven. What, what was he missing? No. He said, in order to have that, I have to expand. I have to increase. I have to make more riboy. I have to make more Torah mitzvahs, which is being applied to and addressing the greater needs of the many, many creations that I created. Right? The Rebbe brings down that our bodies have 613 components. 365 um, sinews, the muscles, tissue, and 248 limbs, right? Why we like this is not a mistake, because this comes from our source, from the neshama. The neshama has 613 energies and forces within it. And why does that have it? Because it comes from the Torah, 613 mitzvahs. So here you have an element of Torah has its application and expression through the neshama, through the soul, which then has an expression in a, in a, in a separate aver, a separate organ or limb of the body. And, and somehow every single facet of our body is being elevated, is being um, purified through an aspect of Torah, which why the Rebbe says you have to go through many gogulim sometimes. No one person in their lifetime ever can fulfill all of Torah mitzvahs, even if you tried to. Because if you're not a koyin, and if you're not a woman, or if you're not a man, or if you're not a levi, or if you're not living in Eretz Yisrael, no one, no one can be all these things in one lifetime, even if you're trying to. So, but for your neshama to be complete, you have to have, it has to be completely restored, connected with Torah. You have to do all second and mitzvahs. You'll never do that in one lifetime. So, right. so fine, we're achieving that. But more than that, here is actually the greatness of the achdus of the unity of Hashem. Why is that? The Rebbe brings in the ultimate, ultimate idea, which is the idea of dira betachtin. What did Hashem really want? Hashem chafetz, ratzah Hashem. We say, wow, Hashem, he wanted this, he wanted that. He wanted one thing at the essence. He wanted a dira betachtenim, which means he didn't want to live just in heaven. He didn't want to just live alone. He wanted to live and be present and be um, accessible and be revealed and be true in a world of tachtenim, of lowly creatures and earthly beings and physical matter all these things which could potentially distract us from Hashem and could potentially hide Hashem and take us to places that are completely the opposite of what we should be believing in and doing. And in that threatening space, in that dark space, that's where Hashem wanted to really live. And if that's where he wanted to really live, then you ask, you know, where's Hashem? Where, where do you really want to be? I really want to be here. I, I feel much more me here than I do in the heavens. So somehow we have to say that this is the ultimate of, of, of the expression of the unity of Hashem in this divided world. Which is the whole conundrum of it, right? Because, you know, so this talks about the two levels, the unity above. The unity above is a simple one, right? Everything is one there. You know why? There's only one thing there. Hashem. Yeah, it's a simple story. And then there's the Kodotah says, in the lower realms, in the realms that are the, the creations, where there's the existence, not just of the angels and the worlds, but much lower, the, the human beings and physical matter and all kinds of objects and materialism and all kinds of things that exist and, and pursuits and, and, and interests. And in that realm, it should also be the Yichudotah. There should be the, everything should come together expressing the unity of Hashem. Now, it's possible Right? It's possible that when you're tying your shoe, we said, or when you're going to work, or when you're shopping in the supermarket, it's possible somehow to recognize this too is a 
holy, divine, godly endeavor. But don't compare that to the way Hashem is apparent and expressed in the realm that the only thing that exists is, is Hashem. Right? You could never, you would imagine the Yichudu Tatar can never match up to the unity of the higher unity up in the heavens. Right. Dear Batechdenim says, absolutely not. In this crazy space of Elam Hazer, where there's so much period, so much division, here we can create as much of the unity as there is in the heavens. Not just that, here we can create even more unity than the unity in the heavens. And that's the big twist over here. And the Rebbe goes into that by talking about Kavona Sadira, the intention of the taiva that the Ibishter had to, to, to make to make a diddle yisparich, to create the world in order to make a home for Hashem. What was the intention of that? And how is it Yagdul Tayyadir is when we fulfill Kavana Sadira, so that's something that you don't have in the upper realms, you don't have in Yechudela. So if you could let's talk about that a little bit. Kavana Sadira. So you know, the marshal, we talked about uh, Chalambayas before. Imagine you go to a, a single person, they're not married, and you ask them, No, how's Chalambayas? How's peace in your home? And they say, Peace in my home? Amazing. My home is a peaceful place. There's no arguments, there's no friction. Everything always works out just the way I want it to work out, and it's bliss in my home. Yeah? You say, Shakoyah. You're the only person living in your home. Bring in somebody else into your home, right? A different person. And ain't they saying Chavez? No two people Hashem created every single person's mind and appearance and persona differently. Why would I do that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destabilize the equilibrium in my home. I'm gonna bring in a different opinion, a different voice, a different yeah. But you want to talk about real shalom bayit, we talk about it in the context of marriage. We don't care about shalom bayit for a single. For a marriage, because real shalom is when you have two people that are getting along with each other, right? Not because they're always agreeing with each other, but because they're finding a way to, to get along with each other. The same thing is with real achtus. It's nice to have achtus unity when there's just one. But you brought the marshal of the colors before the single color versus the many colors. Real achtus is when there's so many different things in this world, different people, and different. Existences, different creations, different colors, different attractions, different desires, different temptations, so much going on. And if we can tie a common thread with everything here and discover that it's all a creation of Hashem and it all has an agenda, Hashem is defining and, and framing everything here is for a purpose to bring Hashem into this world. That's that's true Achtos. That the the Rebbe says the true Ein Sof, the true infinity of Hashem is expressed here. The true infinity of, of, of bringing together the unity among so many disparate beings. That's, uh, you know, I, I thought about this recently. So I had a story. Uh, actually, it could happen often and I'm sure it happens to you and many people. So it was a few days ago. It was a very hectic morning. After Shachris, I got a call. I've got to do carpool. Okay, so I'm going to go do carpool. And carpool that day was two different schools, and there was a lot of traffic, so it took a lot of time. And then 
got back and then there was different phone calls. A phone call about Pesach, someone had a lot of questions and then a phone call, someone was going through something and then a phone call, can I go to a hospital to visit, right? Okay, so those phone calls. And then there was an errand I had to run and to pick up something for the matzahs, whatever. I came home at like 1 p.m. And then my wife's like, you know, let's, let's have lunch together. And I said, okay, we could do it very quickly because it's already 1 p.m. and I haven't started working yet. And uh, she tells me, and she tells me the whole time, she's like, what do you mean you haven't started working? What's your work? Right? We like to think the work is governing and learning and, and, and teaching. And, you know, when it's the sort of, sort of overtly holy. So one second. So when you took your kids to school and when you answered a phone call and helped someone, a person with answering their Pesach question, and then somebody need, had a need in a hospital, needed a food delivered. It's not readily apparent that there's some kind of great Torah experience going on over there. No, there absolutely is. That's Achtos Hashem. That if every single technical phone call and every single errand would be inspired by or realizing what's the content, why are you doing this? What's this building over here? This is building a home for Hashem. Otherwise, why else are you doing it if you're focused that way? So what's your work? That's your work to make Sometimes it looks like the minion, the davening, the learning, the teaching, holy work. And sometimes it looks very different, but that is the avoidable. Go, going back to, to uh, you're really covering a lot of things. Shalom bias, chinuch, <laughs> we, have, we have it all here today. Um, but going back to the chinuch point that you mentioned, I think that in a certain way, zichuch happens later on in life. Like, you know, when there is fragmentation and when there is shalom bias issues, as a bacher, you're, so, you're flying solo. So you can just, you know, you, you have the freedom and luxury to, to not have to deal, not have to um, enter into these situations. But, but for Chinuch, maybe our children are entering into the world of fragmentation a little bit early with all the exposure that we have. And this Sicha and talking about Achdus Hashem and how Achdus Hashem plays in every single detail of a person's life and their issues and conflictions and you know, issues in school or friends or whatever it may be to, sh- to talk about the Achtus Hashem and Ischalkus to our kids, I think that would be, you know, something very beneficial, which really comes back to a different Nikuda. Like when, when we talk about, it actually mentioned in the Sikha, Eidus Chukum Mishpatim. You know, you have, you have commandments that we understand, rational, rational commandments, and then you have Chukim. You know, there's, there's, it's higher than rational explanation. But that even the mishpatim, even the laws that you do that have a reason, it should be permeated with your connection to God that's higher than reason. And I think that also, this is something that the Rebbe always speaks about in many different segments, that even though we're involved with chinuch and zichuch, we always have, we always have to remember the underlying motivation for, for the zichuch. Uh, yeah, I think, right. So, Edos and Mishpatim are the two extremes. Sorry, Chukim and Mishpatim, the two extremes. You know, sometimes, a Sikha, a Maimer, and says, the heart of life is the Chukim. Everything has to be done because it's a Chukim. It's the Ratan Elyon. Even a Mishpat that you understand, then you could, so to speak, uh, even without Torah would be given. The Gemara says many laws. We would do it because it just makes sense. No, no, no. But don't, don't do it because it makes sense to you. Do it because Hashem said so. So then we make the case for hooking, right? Which I, I, I'd like to frame it as the bittel case, right? And then you'll find another mimer and another sicha, mishpat. In other words, 
not just about because you accepted Hashem, not just about the bitol, it's also about the zikr, the refinement. Now, it's could your mind, it could your heart, it could your persona also connect with the mitzvah and also appreciate the mitzvah. So it's not just submission, but it's also a real heartfelt uh, emotive experience for you, right? And I think we're always being pulled on both sides because they're both foundational. And perhaps the, the, the real point here is that the mishpatim, where we wanted to really sit with us in our mind and our hearts so we can appreciate it, so we have an internal experience. Right, you could have an experience of serving Hashem with with your conduct, doing all the right things, doing it because Hashem said so. But beyond doing the right thing, where is your kavan? Where is your avavira? Where are your emotions? Where's your motivation? Where is that at? So that might be in a very foreign place, right? Maybe I have no interest in it, but I do it nonetheless, Kabbalah. Or maybe, as the Gemara says, Achsus talks about very um, unhealthy. Motivations. I'm doing it for honor. I'm doing it for glory. I'm doing it for social acceptance. I'm doing it for a shidduch for my child. I'm doing it to, for my job. I'm paid to do it or whatever, right? Also a very flawed kavana. And so, so we have to align our kavana, align our true uh, intentions and motivations in sync with what Hashem wants. And, you know, maybe the human mind may not naturally always lead there, so it needs to be influenced by a dosage of chukim to, that's the yisoid. The yisoid, the, the foundation is always a chukim. The beginning of our yira. So the mission tells us, the, which is going back to the child, the foundation of, of, a, of a spiritual life is Kabbalah Sol, is Yiras Hashem. Hashem said so, I don't understand anything. Hashem understands everything, and I'm here to do his his, his rats and his will. Okay? That's the foundation of a chinuch, the foundation of life. And when we say foundation, it's not like at two years old or when a child it's important, but later it's not important anymore. The foundation is always the foundation of a home. Even when you build the home, the first floor, second floor, tenth floor, you still have the foundation. It's always there, even if you're an adult. You have to have the foundation. Yiras Hashem. But don't forget the rest of the building. right? You can't just live with Yiras Hashem your whole life. Upon that, you have to build Abbas Hashem. You have to build your own personal excitement and interest and enthusiasm and passion and, and, and connect with it that, it that it really is something coming from within you, not just something you're doing blindly or because you're being told to. Right. And often when people discuss ideas, someone presents an idea and then the other refutes the idea by sharing a contrast to that idea. So we don't refute zichuch with chayk. We don't refute mishpatim with chayk. It's not a conversation of, no, this is not the way to go. The, the way to go is just chayk. It's both. We honor the mishpatim. We honor understanding. We honor embracing our reality the way we are. We honor that not, not by, by um, overshadowing it with chayk. Chayk is an element that 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 then follows with mishpatim, but chayt doesn't overshadow mishpatim and take away that service because then we're back to bittel. There's no zichuch. Bittel and zichuch both play a role and they both remain in their entity and they're both needed and they're both important. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that bittel is the, is the, is the, is the foundation of life, of a, of a healthy spiritual life. And then the zirach is built upon the bittel. 
when a zikuch is attempted without a bit to left the foundation, it's not going to work. Yeah. Right? There's going to be, because there's going to be too much self involved, right? It's going to be, you know, aligning Hashem with me instead of aligning me with Hashem. Now, who's the center of the universe that we have to dance around? It's not, I'm the center of the universe and I hope that God dances around me, which is a lot of times, right? When you're asking a question to a Rav, let's say, and I want to get the following answer. I want the comedian answer. Why do I want that? Because I want, basically I'm saying, I want Hashem to dance around me. I want, I want Torah to fit in with my life. That's not Zichach. Zichach is, how can my life fit in with Hashem's life or the Torah's life? So that's only going to happen and stay the course if Bittu is always going to be the, the foundation of the life. Yeah, very well said. Um, should we jump into Ratza and Chafet? Do we want to jump into that? And uh, we can talk about Teda Shebek Sav, Teda Shebek Okay, yeah. So, I mean, you, I don't know how much time it will tell me because I want to, at the end, wrap it up with um, the the final sort of connection to Prika Yavos and, and uh, so let's the So let's do Alton. that because we're running, we're running a little Okay, late. so so the remember that we brought in this whole teaching because it's something we're going to be saying soon for Prika, the end of every chapter of Prika Yavos in the beginning. And this ties into the whole theme of Prika Yavos and we're going to be saying this, our minigas is saying for six months from, from Kepesach to Rosh Hashanah, every Shabbos, another chapter. Pirke Yavas is a different kind of Mesechta of Mishnais than any other Mesechta of Mishnais. All other Mesechtas are laws laws of Rosh Hashanah, laws of Pesach, laws of Meiser, laws of purity, laws of uh, blessings, agricultural law, laws of marriage. All, they're all about laws. Pirke Yavas is not a book of law, it's a book of Morals, ethics, values, best conduct, the Fenimisher Sadin, right? It's a book of, of best practices, how to be an, an Ubermensch, okay? So the Rebbe asks a question. So the famous commentary from the Bartonur at the beginning of Pergavis, Pergavis starts off, Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. Moshe received the Torah from Sinai, and then it's the whole evolution, the chain of Torah till it comes to us. So the Bartonur says, why is this the first mission of Pergavis? Because you may have thought that the law, the, the, the Masech are talking about how to put on tefillin and how to keep Shabbos. It's clearly from the Torah, right? A pricky office that's telling you to be a mensch and it's telling you how to respond and how to deal with people and how to go beyond the level of law and, and all the different values of pricky office. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice concept, but is there a pasuk in the Torah, right? So you may think it, so he says, there are many books of uh, guidance and, and wisdom and ethics and morals and values authored by many people, but they're all badumilibam. They're all human-made ethics. It worked for them. If it works for me, I'm going to tell it works for you. But Prikayavas is divine in origin. Prikayavas comes directly from the Torah, also came from Sinai to Moshe Rabbein. So the Rebbe asks, fine. However, why do we even need that? If we have other Right? There's a lot of wisdom. Right. The Gemara says, uh, There's a lot of wisdom amongst the Gentiles. It's not Torah, but there's wisdom. So let Torah stick to Torah. Torah told me how to keep Shabbos, how not to say Lashon Hara, how to visit the sick, how to feed the poor, and how to uh, uh, wear tzitzis. That's Torah's job. And let the rest of the wise scholars of the world, the ethicists, teach me how to live the moral, ethical life. Why, why does it have to be part of Torah? Answers, because the role of Torah is not just to teach you what to do and what not to do. It's not just a book of how to conduct yourself, the mice of the pearl, the actual deed. It's that, but it's much more. 
It's about zikhu. It's about purifying you. It's about turning you into a mensch. It's about saying, when you do something, make sure that that putting on tefillin or keeping Shabbos or, 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 or doing a favor for somebody else or giving staka, make sure that that is not just an act you're doing, but it's actually an expression of something you really believe in, you really live by, you feel like that's the real and only way to live life. Let it be something that your mind and heart are nurturing also, because then Torah has consumed and overtaken all of you from within. So Pirkei is part of Torah. How to, how to condition our mind and our hearts to believe and feel this way is also certainly the value and the, 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 the motivation of Torah. And I wanted to, I was reminded of a couple of moments because it's a beautiful story that should be shared. It's a Pesach story. And uh, in Yeshiva, we were told it, and it's a story about the Friedrich Rebbe. So when the Rebbe, yesterday was based Nisan. Yeah, the Yartat of the Rebbe Rashab. So the Rebbe Rashab established Tamchit Minim. The Babaji Yeshiva, major revolution in the Chabad Hasidic community in the world. And uh, every, the Friedrich Rebbe was the Menahel, the principal, and every year there was Bachim, they were applying for the Yeshiva, and not always could everybody get in. And every year the Friedrich Rebbe would make a list of all the students and with a little bit of a summary of, based on interviews, what they're like, just like today. Right. And um, then he presented the list to the Rebbe Rashab, and the Rebbe Rashab reviewed the list. And there was one Bachim, there was the Bachim's name, and next to it was a description. He's a masmid, he's a very you know, elevated mind and, and clever and bright and studious and well-behaved, right? So, sure, let's accept him in the yeshiva. And then, on the first day of the yeshiva, the Rebbe Hashab walked into the base medrash to look at all the new bachrim, and he asks the Friedrich Rebbe, who's that boy over there? The Friedrich Rebbe said, that's the boy that we spoke about, right? That's got major talents, chush, and very gifted. The Rebbe Hashab looked at him and he said, he has guraba features, you can look at a person's face. I mean, a Rebbe for sure can do this. And it's, he's not idle. He's not refined. So we're going to have to work on it. Mm. Okay? And then it came up to Pesach. So Pesach, not like nowadays where Rachim and Yeshiva, they go home uh, every three months, right? For Pesach, for Shavuos, for Sukkot, for Abshernishes, for yard sites, for birthdays, and for weddings, and for everything else. They didn't go home. Rachim, you spent Pesach in the Yeshiva, right? So it was a whole, normally there was a whole committee that was set up, a group of Bachim that were in charge of cleaning the yeshiva, a group of Bachim that were in charge of uh, baking the matzah, a group of Bachim that were in charge of, of cooking for the Seder. Everyone had a job. But for Pesach this year, a month before Pesach, the Friedrich Rebbe called this Bachim and said, you're in charge of everything. Okay? Of what? Love of everything? Uh, I don't know exactly. I have to look back at the source of the story, okay. but you're going to be doing a lot. I want you to be involved with the cleaning and I want you to be involved with the matzah baking and you'll be involved with cooking for the Seder and preparing for the Seder. He didn't have a second to learn, which is what he loved to do, or to, he didn't have a second to sleep. He was working for weeks and weeks before Pesach. And then it was the night before Pesach, but because Hametz, and he thought, maybe I'll be able to get a bit of a rest tonight in honor of Pesach, but the Friedrich Rebbe told him, no, tomorrow we're doing an air of Pesach matzah baking, because it's a big mitzvah, you have to prepare the matzah baking for tomorrow morning. Okay, so right. he's up a whole night preparing that. And then at air of Pesach afternoon, he thinks, they I'll get a rest before Pesach. So, so the Friedrich Rebbe says, uh, we're going to have the whole say that you have to be in charge of cleanup. Also, I think tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., Yom Tif, I want you to come to my office. Because we're going to review. I want you to have prepared the Rebbe, the Rebbe Shabbos Maimur on Pesach. Wow. When did he have a chance to prepare that? So all night he has to stay up, right? 
And 7 a.m., sure enough, he was there and he did what he had to do and he, he said the Mamre beautifully. And the story ends that on Achron Shal Pesach and the Sudas Mashiach, the Rebbe Shab came down to the Zalt, the Beis Medrash, to be with the students and celebrate Sudas Mashiach. And he looked at that Bacher and he turned to the Friedrich Rebbe and he said, we accomplished a lot. The boy has changed. He's no longer got the Biraba features, but he has Eidola. He's been purified. He's been refined. The hard work, the engagement, it's not always Torah mitzvahs. He might be busy with other aspects of a mitzvah, busy with Pesach, busy helping the Bachim, busy helping the Yeshiva. Who knows what, but you're involved with, in, so, in, in aspects that are part of the Kavanah, aspects that are part of building Yiddishkeit and, and the presence of Hashem in this world. Not always the way you want to necessarily, but it's the way that Hashem wants from us. And you do that, and it refines us and purifies us. And so it's not just about what we're doing, but it's about why we're doing it. Yeah. And, I think, and that's what Pirkei Abbas is, and that's what Rabbi, that's what Rabbi Hanani was uh, saying. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, it's it's about the kavana. You could have, you could also tie this to a business. You have a business, you have people in, in Klikhoidesh, you have people in Klikhoil, but it's about the kavana. What's the intention? Like you mentioned earlier. And even if you're doing, like in this story that you mentioned, beautiful story, even when doing mundane things that not necessarily reflect a taisvis or a, or, or, or a marsha or a maimer, but if the intention is to be mezachich, to, to, to refine and purify and change the bacher, so then the intention is the most beautiful thing. And that's, and that's the, the hallmark of Yiddishkeit and Chassidus Chabad. So uh, thank you, Rabbi Yazar, for this beautiful Fabrengen. And Lechayim. Lechayim, Rabbi Yossi, thank you very, very much. I hope the word that you and I spoke will be pile on me and be pile on you and be pile on everybody that takes the time and the effort to learn the Sikha. And the Sikha ends off with Mashiach, by the way, right? That all the zichoch will arrive at Ulam Haba, which is, we believe, is not Ulam Hanashamas, like the, right. like the Rambam says. It's not right. a spiritual world, it's a physical world. Because, because after all of this zichoch, right, the world is ready that the, the greatest gilu, the greatest revelation of Hashem, doesn't have to happen in the heavens. It's going to happen here in this world. The Matami Asar Tvachim may happen speedily in Lashana. Azais, Yerushalayim Abnuya. Amen. Hey,